John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. Appreciate that song. 1 John chapter 1, we're going to be in verse 8 whenever we get there. says simply this, it says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Let's go to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day that you've given, and we thank you for uh, just this opportunity to be in your house. Uh, God, I pray that as we uh, look to your word today, uh, God, that you would remind us that we are sinful, uh, but that you are holy and, and that you have taken uh, drastic measures to, uh, to ensure that we are able to come together with you into a relationship, uh, though we are sinners. And uh, God, I pray that you'd uh, show us today how that is possible, and Lord, that you'd help us to understand better uh, the extent of your forgiveness. We thank you so much for Jesus and uh, for what he has provided for us in the cross. It's in his name we pray. Amen. The title of this morning's message is simply forgiven. Um, and that's what we are. We are just forgiven. Uh, there's not anybody here that is that's more holy. There's not anybody here that is, that is perfect. There's not anyone who is sinless. Uh, if we are anything, if there's any goodness in us, if there's any holiness in us, if there's any of those things, it is only because we're forgiven. And, uh, and we need to remember that today. Now, forgiveness, when we're talking about it on our part, forgiveness is one of the hardest things for us to do. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Forgiveness is very hard to do. Now, why is forgiveness so difficult? Why is it so hard for us to forgive another person? Well, I believe it's because forgiveness requires us to give up the right that we feel uh, towards vengeance in order to free the one who has offended us. And so if you have offended me, in order for me to forgive you, then I have to give up my right to vengeance and, and set you free. And in other words, release you from what you might owe me because of your offense. And that is hard to do, is it not? Very hard to do. I want every one of you this morning to do something with me. And uh, you don't have to use your imagination, nothing like that. Uh, but I want you to take a moment just to think. Okay? And I want you to think through your life. Look through your life. And I want you to think of everyone that you know. Uh, people from the past. People right now. Whoever it may be. They can be family, friends, co-workers. Uh, it doesn't matter who it is. I want you to think uh, through everyone that you know. Is there someone you can think of right now that has hurt you or has hurt someone you love that you have not forgiven. I'll give you a second to, to maybe call their name to mind. But is there someone, maybe you've tried, maybe you've thought about it, maybe you've, you've felt as though you need to, but you just have not forgiven them. Now maybe you're cordial towards that person. You, you can probably talk to them. There, there may be no harsh words between you, but that tension is there. That, that 
thing that you're holding over their head is, is still present. I want you to do something this morning. I want you to let them go. Amen. Let them off the hook. Let them be debt free to you. Cancel any offense that they have done on your part. Free them from that burden. It's hard to do, isn't it? <coughs> I guarantee you there's somebody right now that says, Nope. Not going to happen. Now you should forgive them. But it's hard to do. Now I want you to consider the fact that despite everything you've done, God has forgiven you. Now what really has that person done to you that's any worse than what you did to Christ? You turn your back on God. You spit in His face. You rebelled against Him. You broke His law. If anybody ever had a right to hold a grudge or ever had a right to get vengeance, it was God. But He forgave you What has this person done that you can't forgive them? Really, in the scheme of things. Now, this is what we do. We have a very distorted view on what forgiveness is. And often we will forgive someone. We'll say, okay, well, I forgive them. Uh, but then every time we see him, it's in our mind, right? It's right there. Somewhere it's still present. Uh, yeah, I forgive them, but I still don't like them. Or, yeah, I forgive them, but I'm not going to talk to them. I forgive them, but I'm not going to forget what they did. That's not forgiveness, Amen. is it? Amen. And we do that. Now, we have this view of forgiveness, of what forgiveness is, as, uh, as some kind of verbal agreement between us and another person that we're going to try to get along. But that is not what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is complete cancellation of whatever offense that they have committed against you. It's gone. That's what forgiveness is. Now, the problem that we come into is, is when we try to view, when we try to think about God's forgiveness towards us, we often try to bring Him to our level. Now, today I'm not talking about us forgiving other people. Our focus is going to be on God's forgiveness, but it's hard for us to understand God's forgiveness when we have such a distorted view of forgiveness ourselves. So if we are viewing God's forgiveness the way that we forgive other people, then we're going to have a very, uh, an uneven view or an unjust view of how God forgives. But listen, God is not like us. Amen. And God does not forgive like us. Now you think about this. If God forgave you the way you forgive others, you'd be in trouble, wouldn't you? If God forgave me the way I forgive others, I'd be in trouble. But God doesn't do that. You see, God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. He, he's far above what we are in character and in purity and holiness. He's perfect. And when God forgives, He forgives perfectly. 
And that's hard for us to understand. Anybody ever thought that you, you've done something or you, you, you know, that it, there, there's just no way God could forgive you for that? The Bible tells you that He can, and if you will seek it, that He will. I want you to know that, again, when God forgives, He forgives completely. And I want us to look at three reasons why God forgives us. Now, now there's a great reason. Why would God forgive me? Do I deserve it? No. Why would he do that? Why would he completely cancel out my sins against him? Why would God do something like that? Well, I want to look at three reasons why he forgives today and why he can do that. First of all, he forgives because we sin. In verse 8, it says, uh, over there in chapter 1, verse 8, it says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Now, are you a sinner? Yes, <laughs> you are. You are a sinner, and I am a sinner, and we all are sinners. We all sin against God. And, and God forgives us for that very reason. He forgives us because we sin. Now, I know that may sound like a duh moment, you know, of course, if we didn't sin, there wouldn't be forgiveness. But I, I want, hopefully, to get this point across to you that He forgives us because we sin. As I have expressed many times, our foremost purpose in life is a relationship with God. And there are people who are searching, they are looking, I want to know why I'm here on earth, I want to know what my purpose is, I want to know why I am here. You are here for a relationship with God. It's very simple. That's why you're here. That's why all of us are here. That is our purpose in life, is to enjoy and to, to have a relationship with God. Now, yes, God wants us to glorify Him. He wants us to worship Him. He wants to obey and love Him. But those are all things that are done within our relationship. I want to tell you about this. Without a relationship with God, how are you going to serve God? Without a relationship with God, how are you going to worship Him or praise Him or love Him or, or do any of those things? You're not. You're not going to do that without a relationship with God. And so our foremost purpose in this world is for a relationship with Him. Now I want you to know that I am a reject. I am a reject. I wait with people all the time. I'll be going down the road, and this is just something I grew up doing. When, when you pass by somebody, you wave. And I'll pass by them, and I'll wave, and they'll go... What is he doing? Yeah. Why are you waving at me? Who are you? That's exactly right. Who am I? I can't even get my neighbor to wave at me. Across the street. I'm a reject. But the God of creation wants a relationship with me. And that's hard for me to understand. But the Bible says it's true. I'm nobody. But to him, I'm somebody. And that's important to me. And my relationship with God is important to me as well. And it's important to him. Now, I want you to consider this. In verses 5 and 6 of this chapter, if we, if we go up, you'll see this. God cannot and he will not fellowship with darkness or sin. If we look at verses 5 and 6 of chapter 1 there... And go up, it says, This then is the message which we have heard of him, and declare to you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. He is completely perfect, completely holy, completely sinless. Now it says in verse 6, If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, then we lie and do not the truth. 
God cannot and He will not fellowship with darkness. He will not fellowship with sin. Now, here's the problem. We are sinners. Now, God has created us for a relationship with Him. That is our purpose in life. But He can't fellowship with darkness, and we are sinners. And so how, how can we have a relationship with the Holy God? How is that even possible? Now, I want you to consider this. My sin, when I sin against God, my sin is more than just disobeying some of God's rules. God is the source of all truth and righteousness. And when I sin against God, I have broken His law. When I sin against God, I have declared war against Him, in a sense. I have become His enemy. Now God's justice must deal with me according to my sin. God is righteous, He is holy, and He has to deal with me according to my sin. But His grace finds a way to relieve me or to release me from my guilt. And what is that? What is that process by which God looks at me as a, as a filthy sinner, knowing what I've done, knowing who I am, but somehow finds a way to bring me back to Him? It's very simply this. It's forgiveness. Amen. And I am forgiven. And if you turn to God... If you turn from your sinfulness and you turn to Him, you are forgiven. I want you to understand that. I love God's. I love how God's forgiveness is such a natural reaction to our sin. And when I say that He forgives because we sin, that's what I'm getting across to there, is that God's forgiveness, His ability or His willingness to forgive me, is a natural reaction to my sin. I think about the settlers as they made their way westward. And, and it, for some of you who have been around me very long, you know that I am, uh, there's something different about me. I'm a little strange, uh, maybe in some ways. I don't know if anybody else does this. But, uh, it, you know, usually when Nikki and I are traveling across, we'll, uh, you know, we'll be driving across somewhere, maybe going back home to Arkansas. There's been many, many, many times that I've thought about this. We'll get to a river, and I'm looking out that river, and we're crossing this nicely paved bridge. <laughs> You know, that we, don't have, we don't have to worry about anything. We just drive right across that river. But I think about those early settlers, and they're making their way across America the first time, and man, here they go. They've got all these problems already that they're facing. And then all of a sudden, the Mississippi. How do we get across this? <laughs> and I think about that. You know, what did they do when they came to that point? And, uh, you know, I think many people would have, maybe would have given up. But, you see, the heart of these, these early settlers, as they were moving westward, their heart, their desire was to gain the west. And so as they traveled along, when they came to a, a great river that, was, that seemed uh, incompatible, whenever they came to that place, they didn't say, well, I'm sorry, west, there's a river, and there's no way for us to get across. You know what they said? They said, there's a river, so I guess we need to build a bridge. You know, that's exactly what God did for us. When we sin, God created us for a relationship with Him. That's what He wants with us. It's what He wants from us. You ever just ask yourself, God, what do you want? He wants you. He wants a relationship with you. Now, when sin happened, God didn't look at us and say, sorry, there's sin. 
looked at us and said, I guess I'll just have to forgive you. Isn't that great? This wasn't something that God could handle. His justice demanded vengeance. His justice demanded uh, for, for his law to be satisfied. All those things had to play, take place. His, his wrath was kindled against us. But in his love, he found a way for us to be brought back together. He built a bridge through Christ. He forgave us, and we've been brought back to him into a relationship. I think it's so important for us to understand. He forgives because we sin. He loves us that much. It's a natural reaction to our sin. second thing I want us to see is that he forgives because Christ died. If you look at verse 9 of 1 John chapter 1, it says, uh, in verse, verse 9, it says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, there are two words that are used to describe God's response to our repentance. And we, we see that they are faithful and just. If you look there in verse 9, it says that if we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to do two things, to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God said, or John said that God cannot have fellowship with darkness, and we saw that up in verses 5 and 6. We can have fellowship with God if we walk in the light, as we find in verse 7, but we all sin, as we find in verse 8. And so we're in that, that great dilemma uh, that we find ourselves in. So then how do we walk with God? If He can't fellowship with darkness, if, if, you know, if none of these things can happen, if we're sinners and, and all this take a place, then how can we have fellowship with God? Well, it's found in verse 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. You see, in order for us to walk in light, we must be faithful to confess our sins. And I believe that this is an everyday thing that has to take place. When I sin, I need to confess it. Hey, listen, I don't think it's just every day. I think if you get up and you say, God, forgive me for my sins, and that's it, I don't think that's enough. I think it's an every hour thing. I think it's an every time we sin thing. The moment we sin and we recognize what we've done against God, we turn to Him and we ask for forgiveness. God, I'm sorry for what I just did. I'm sorry for what I just said. I'm sorry for what I just thought. I'm sorry for my intentions or for my attitude or whatever just took place. We confess that sin. And what is He going to do? He is going to be faith and just, faithful and just to forgive us for that sin. And that's how we can walk. We as sinners who, who do sin, and if we say that we haven't sinned or that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. That's how we as sinners can walk in the light by daily and, and, uh, and every time that circumstance, has, circumstance happens, we confess that sin to God. Now I want us to look at what God will do. First of all, we find that, that God is faithful to forgive. He is faithful to forgive. Have you ever wondered how many times God will forgive you. Does that ever cross your mind? Does God have a set number? And then when that number is exceeded, we're out of luck. Now we know how far God removes our sin. We saw that a couple weeks ago. He moves it, removes it as far as the east is from the west. But how many times will He do that for us? And I've found myself uh, many times in my life, many times in my relationship with God, there have been Many, many times when I have forgotten or when I, when I am not 
great His forgiveness is. And there have been times where I have sinned against God, and, and I sinned against Him, and, and I even went a couple of days without praying. You know why I did that? I couldn't face Him. I thought to myself, there is no way. There is no way if I go to Him in prayer that He's going to forgive me. Now the Bible says that if there's sin in my life, if I'm regarding that sin in my life, God's not going to hear my prayer. If I go to Him and, and I'm not forgiven of my sin, then I have no standing before God. So why even pray? There's no way that God can forgive me again. And I'll go maybe a little while with, with that, but then something in my heart stirs up and, and I, can't, I can't stay away from Him very long. And I have to go and I have to admit what I've done and I have to confess my sin. And guess what He does? faithful to forgive me and to cleanse me. He's faithful. I'm reminded of something Jesus said in Luke chapter 17, <coughs> verses 3 and 4. And I'll just read that real quickly. You don't have to turn there. Jesus said this. He said, Take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again and say, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. Now that's something important to think about, isn't it? Jesus said that if you have a brother that, that sins against you, then you rebuke him. You tell him what he did. You let him know. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he does the same thing seven times in one day, and every time he does it, he comes and he says, I'm sorry. And he repents of that. He says, you forgive him seven times. And I, I don't think it was, that was a set number. I think he means, regardless of how many times a day he does that, you forgive him. Amen. Now let me ask you a question. Would Jesus command his disciples to do something that he's not willing to do himself? Would he tell them as many times as they come to you, you forgive him? and Him not do that for us? I don't think so. If it is His desire for us to be more like Him, then was this not a command for us to forgive as He forgives? Now understand that this is not a license for us to abuse God's kindness, but we need to know with a certainty that He is faithful to forgive. Now the next thing I want us to see is that He is just to forgive. When Jesus died on the cross, He did two things for us. First of all, He eternally covered our sin, and He provided a means of daily cleansing. Now, my soul, when I trusted Christ as Savior, my soul was washed. My soul was cleansed, and it is eternally sealed in that condition. My soul itself cannot sin anymore. All right, I'm clean. I'm forgiven. My soul is forgiven. But my body still sins. And... Just as John says here, if I say that it doesn't, then I'm, I'm telling a lie. And I'm making him a lie. And so my body still sins, and it has to be cleansed in order to maintain my fellowship with God. And what I want you to see here is that our daily forgiveness is still through the blood of Christ. And, and as we look over in chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, just very quickly there, First John uh, chapter 2, he says this, he says, My little children, these things are right unto you, that you sin not. Try your very best, do all you can not to sin. 
But if any man sin, or and if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, notice this, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Even when I'm not righteous, he is. And he's standing before God in my behalf as my advocate. Jesus Christ, righteous, and he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. That word propitiation uh, is very uh, connected with the word mercy seat. When the, uh, the Israelites would bring their offerings before the mercy seat, and God would look down on his broken law, uh, but instead of seeing a, a, a broken law, he would see uh, atoning blood that covered uh, that mercy seat. And so they would be forgiving. And what he's saying there is that Jesus' blood stands as an eternal covering for my sin. And so when I go to him in prayer, and when I ask for his forgiveness, I'm not standing by myself, I'm not standing on my own word, but I'm standing through the blood of Jesus Christ, and I'm asking God to forgive, and my advocate, Jesus the righteous, is standing there before God, and he's saying, I've covered him with my blood, therefore we must grant him forgiveness. You know what it says? It says that he is just to forgive us our sins. God required the blood. Jesus paid the price. The law has been satisfied. And God is always going to do what is just and what is right. When I stand before Him in the name of Christ, in the blood of Jesus, I'm forgiven. He's never going to be unjust in that matter. I thought about it like this. This past year, we had uh, season tickets to Disney. And we went. I don't know how many times we went, but we went. And those tickets cost a certain amount of money. It's required by Disney for us to pay that in order to have those season tickets. But when we pay that price, we had freedom under that contract. We had freedom that we could go to Disney, you know, on those set days as many times as we wanted. We could go, and not once did we ever get there and, and present our tickets, and they said, "You know what? We're just not going to let you in today." Why did they let me in? That's what I paid for. I was covered. We stand before God. Now, my season tickets are over. I can't go do that right now. I can hand them my ticket, and guess what they're going to say? Parking lot's the other way, right? See, when Jesus covered my sin, he covered it once for all. It is always covered. It is always paid for. It is eternally secure. And when I come before God, based upon his everlasting blood... I have forgiveness. And he's not going to turn me away. And he's not going to turn you away. <laughs> now that leads us to the third thing. He forgives when we repent. Now everything that we've looked at about God's forgiveness is true, but it's all hinged upon three words. If you look there in verse 9, uh, look at the very first part of that verse. It says, If we confess. If we confess. He says in verse 8, 
you know, uh, if we say that we don't have sin, then we deceive ourselves. We are all sinners. But if we confess, then He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. God's forgiveness is absolute. God's forgiveness is always available, but it is not automatic. He requires something from us, and that is for us to turn from our sins and to turn to Him in repentance. That means turning away from our sin. We are responsible for admitting and turning from our sins. Now, God is not required to forgive us until we do that. Now, God is faithful and just to forgive our sins. He is faithful every time we go to Him. He is just based upon uh, His Word. He is just to forgive us our sins. But He is not required to forgive us until we go to Him in repentance. I want you to think about King David. King David was extremely close to God, the sweet psalmist of Israel. But after his sin with Bathsheba, he was not restored until the prayer that we find in Psalm 51 where he confessed his sin. He said, God, I know against you and you only have I sinned and done this great wickedness in thy sight. He, he brought up the fact that daily his sin was before him. Daily he was reminded of what he had done. And so he asked God, cleanse my heart. Clean me. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. And uphold me with thy free spirit. Don't cast me away from your presence. Forgive me forgiveness. You know what God did? He forgave me. Until that point, there was separation in the fellowship between David and God. But the moment he turned to him, God was faithful and just forgive him. I talked about this earlier. Psalm 66 verse 18 says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Regard means if, I, if I'm protecting it in my heart. Uh, that means that I may constantly, maybe I have a, a sin that's in my life and I'm constantly going to God and asking for forgiveness for it. Yes, He's going to forgive me every time I ask Him for it. But if I'm protecting that sin, if I'm just going through the motions of asking God forgiveness, I'm not really repenting of what's happening here, and God's not required to forgive me. Repentance, a true heart, uh, our turning from, from God, our turning away from our sin to God, from our heart, is required for that forgiveness. Even in Old Testament times, the sin offerings were only truly accepted when they realized the guilt of their sin. That leads us to this. God does want a relationship, and He does want fellowship with us, but He is not going to force that upon us. He gives us a choice. If I allow sin to go unconfessed and roam through my life, then I am choosing to reject God, and there's going to be distance between me and Him. My soul, if I trust Him as Savior, I don't have to worry about that. But my living, my purpose for this life, my relationship with Him is going to suffer because of it. But if I willingly admit what I've done, and I turn to Him for forgiveness, He is faithful, and He is just to forgive my sin and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. God's good, isn't it? I want us all to stand. I want us our musician to come and begin playing softly. I want every head bowed and every head bowed. I want you to put all thoughts out of your mind except what I'm about to ask you or what God may be doing with you.
to admit it? Are you willing to confess it to God and seek His forgiveness? Do you believe that He will be faithful and just to forgive you as His Word says? Will you turn to Him now? Will you do that? Perhaps you're holding anger and resentment towards another person. Thank you. 